before we get too far into the uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast, thanks to the folks at Race Tech. Use the code PULP21 to save suspension work, motor work, springs for your bike, uh, uh, motor modifications. If you're a dealer, they have the CNC machines to do the modifications that you need. Uh, they'll do a lot of things, uh, dial in. So thank you to the folks at uh, Race Tech. PULP21 is the code to save. And, uh, man, they help out privateers, and they've been there for a long time. And they continue to help the sport. Please check them out, Pulp21, Racetech.com. All right, on to the show. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,700 podcasts delivered with over 17 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome everybody to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast, presented by the folks at Renthal, Maxis, Cobolinks, and Motorsport.com. Ricky Carmichael is the guest today, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks to uh, everybody for listening, subscribing. Don't forget, check out the Lee at Re-Raceables as well. Subscribe to that. It's a brand new show Weege and I have been doing, and the reviews are in for that as well. So thank you, everybody, for supporting the podcast uh, network that we've got going on over here. And thanks to RacerX Online. Please subscribe when you can. You'll see things on there that you'll never read online and that we put a shit ton of work into and we're really proud of. So thanks, uh, thanks for doing that as well. Fly Racing, of course, their 2022 line is out. Formula CP helmet, something a little uh, different from those guys. They take the regular Formula helmet, same great safety features, same great uh, uh, fitment and all of that, and they just have a little different shell on there for a little different price, so check that out. They've redesigned the, uh, well, I don't redesign is a little bit, but they've made modifications to the Kinetic line and to the Evo line to help out a little bit. Go to motorsport.com and check out flyracing.com or go to your local dealer and demand to see the latest and greatest from the folks at Fly Racing. And, of course, Renthal. You know the name. Uh, Carmichael used Renthal for a long, long time. Renthal.com for more information on that. The, uh, they got handlebars that you know of, but they also got chains, and they've got sprockets of all sizes and colors. They've got grips. they got a lot of stuff. Mountain bike parts as well, Renthal.com. If you go there, check it out. You'll be very, very surprised by what they have. Of course, all the champions, man, from uh, Cooper Webb to Ken Roxon to uh, Marvin Muscan to Adam Cincerillo, they've used Renthal, and uh, Renthal has won so many titles. In fact, they've won more titles than all the other brands in the pits combined. Yeah, they do a good job over there at uh, Renthal. So Renthal.com for more information on that. Thank you to those guys. And uh, Cobalinks and Motorsport.com we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but for now, thanks for listening. Here's a chat with Ricky Carmichael and I. And now, as promised, on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, uh, the greatest motocrosser that we've ever seen in our sport and the man who has uh, so many combined wins, 150 wins, it's RC, Ricky Carmichael. What's up, man? How are you? I'm, I'm great. Just uh, hanging out. The weather's been a little crummy here in Florida. 
uh, the last couple of days, but, uh, so I'm just, just, you know, do it, doing the things off season for me, Supercross is over. It's a slower time of the year, but, uh, so I'll prepare and, and get ready for upcoming Supercross. Yep. But uh, no complaints, man. Right, right on. So hey, we saw you. Uh, you're associated with the Triumph guys, and uh, yep. they've got some lot of stuff, cool stuff coming. Without getting yourself into too much trouble, how's that going? What's what's going on with the Triumph and, and Ricky Carmichael? Yeah, well, it's a um, fantastic uh, relationship so far, and um, quite honestly, a lot of people have asked me, you know, like why Triumph? Well. I was uh, getting into the adventure riding, mm-hmm. and uh, I had done my homework and was looking at certain makes and models, and I really liked the Tiger that Triumph makes, the uh, the 1200 and the 900 for that, just depending on uh, what conditions I'll be riding in. But nevertheless, uh, so I ended up getting one, and um, short story, my old boss at Suzuki now has a position there mm, Okay. At uh, yeah, at Triumph, so uh, one thing led to another, and I uh, was able to become a, uh, a brand ambassador for Triumph through through all of that after deciding that, hey, man, I wanted to get a Triumph brand. And uh, one thing led to another, and a lot of fun things are happening. There's no doubt about it. There's still a little ways off, I believe, yeah. but uh, it's it, it's been a fun process so far, I should say. I heard your buddy IT9 may or may not have something to do with it. So that's cool. <laughs> he, uh, you know, I think uh, Ivan is is a great guy. Um, as you know, he was a test pilot for us yeah. at RCH uh, after he was uh, had retired from racing. So he has been involved a little bit uh, when when his time is uh, can when he you know schedule mm-hmm. permitting. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, it's it, it's been good, and you know they're uh, extremely motivated. And a lot of fun things to come for sure that I think is going to be not only great for racing, but great for the industry. How many times has six time already hit you up to uh, go up there and do the Triumph uh, six Stanton Adventures? Yeah, the Stanton Adventures. I mean, that guy is the ultra entrepreneur. Right? He's got a I mean, barn. He's got rides. I know, right? Yeah. I mean, he is the ultra entrepreneur. I mean, I think he owns pretty – I pretty much think he owns Sherwood, Michigan. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Really right. Um, yeah, he's hit me up several times and i feel bad it's just like yep. the schedule hasn't hasn't aligned and now it's going to be getting too cold but uh right. i promised him we would do it next year for sure it looks yeah. like uh he's done he's had a pretty pretty good time doing it as well as, as as well as the people that participate you know providing people with an experience like that mm-hmm. i think that's pretty cool i think our sport needs stuff like that just uh to go out there enjoy yourself no pressure easy riding or if you want to make it a little more advanced mm-hmm. you have the uh, ability to do that and then uh, you can you know when you're done riding for the day you can stay at nice places and and just enjoy yourself i think that's what it's all about i've never been out on one of those bikes those dual sport bikes i've ridden street bikes obviously dirt bikes you know all that kind of stuff quads Mm -hmm. and stuff i've never done like hey let's get on the fire road you know on some dual sports or let's go Mm -hmm. over this way and that way Mm -hmm. i've never done it it seems like something i would want to do and you know it's crazy, Steve is like, dude, you you live in a great place for it, especially now as yeah. it's getting a little bit cooler. I mean, you could you could take off, and the great thing about the the tigers, and and I'm sure all of them, yeah. you know, they have certain ride modes, so you can adjust the mode uh, via the interface of the bike and uh, to, for for the conditions that you'd be riding in. So the fire roads are mm-hmm. what I have a lot of fun with. You yeah. know, you can kind of power slide them a little bit, and uh, it's not too technical, and it's one of those you can make it as technical as you want. But I think you'd really enjoy it if you did like a two or three day ride set out and uh you know did yeah. 70 85 percent dirt 
and then uh, get on the road, take a little break, and and, and have your stops that you want to stay each right. night, and head on back into Vegas. So yeah, that's. I think it'd be fun for you. That's a thing that like Stanton and then our buddy Phil up there in uh, Boise, <laughs> yep. uh, the yep. photographer yep. guy. They, yeah, you know, yeah. Like they tell me, like it's it's uh like yeah, like you're sleeping at nice hotels at night. You're not out in the middle of the woods camping. You plan your rides so that at night you have a nice dinner and a nice room, and then you get up the next morning. That sounds better yeah. for me than camping in the middle of nowhere. Well, totally. <laughs> and and Steve, I think you know, like how you grew up, and from from what I've seen and I've heard, and myself. I mean, you guys know how I grew up, and mm-hmm. a lot of motocrossers for that, even back like back in the day, dude. When it comes to like camping, and I don't want to sound pretentious, I, I I'm just that doesn't sound fun to me. You know what I mean? And so we try to make it fun and enjoyable for everyone to right. where if you want to take a hot shower, I think we've earned that right to do it when we're <laughs> yeah. done for the day and yeah. and have a nice dinner and have some adult beverages or whatever yeah. whatever you want to do. But right. yeah, I think you'd really I think you'd really enjoy it. Now, if I had to camp, make no mistake about it. I, I, I would, I would damn sure do it, and yeah. I can. I'm certainly capable of it. But uh, if I have the option, right, uh, I'm going to take the ladder. You know, um, so, we got to get you on there, man. Yeah, we got to get you. I, 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 love to have you on a ride. You, I mean, we could. I'm sure you could. Uh, listen, I saw our buddy Phil, and uh, he, I, I think you got him covered. Okay, all right, good enough, good enough. Yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead up the upshift. <laughs> we'll, we'll go up to the upshift uh, challenge. Um, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> I love- um, uh, yeah, um, th- thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. It's lots of lots to talk to you about uh, when it comes to this to, to the sport. Mm-hmm. We'll get into some of the, the the TV stuff and then a little bit of uh, silly season stuff, and then uh, dive into your career a little bit. I guess first of all, mm-hmm. um, you'll be back with NBC. I guess for next year, right? Yeah, uh, that's the plan. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's the plan, and uh, looking forward to that. For sure. You look. Even when we weren't talking and we didn't like each mm-hmm. other, I yeah. st- I still on my shows was like, dude. He has really improved. He is doing a good job, meaning you, in the booth. And Thanks, and you, you really have improved from those first years when you were on the floor. And uh-huh. I was like, going like, I'm like, you're Ricky Carmichael. Like, give me, give me something. Yeah. And you were like, oh, hey, the ruts or whatever. And, and dude, I feel like you've come so far. Uh, um, yeah. Do you feel like you've improved? And, and what, what it, why is that? Well, I appreciate the, uh, the the compliment for sure, and uh, and it's a two part question, so mm-hmm. I'll give you the answer. So when I was on the floor, um, I they I think that was a concept that it was it, it it was it sounded like a good idea, but for me, listen, I don't have the pace of talking, mm-hmm. and I just that that that's just not for me. I couldn't be a sideline or sideline reporter like that. It just my my thoughts and how quick you got to be with it and the, the small amount of time you have to mm-hmm. explain things it's just tough it's challenging and i don't i listen man that ain't my lane down there and i have a lot of respect for everyone who does it no matter what what discipline of sport they're in daniel does a fantastic job even the the women that have come through on supercross i mean jenny taft was fantastic mm-hmm. to to be able to do that be on the spot so uh, once they moved me in the booth, I felt so much more comfortable and just really knowing my role. And I got to I got to tell you, one of the biggest helps that I've had is um, uh, when Lee Diffie hopped in the booth. Mm-hmm. He was really, really helpful to me. I know a lot of people 
have their opinions of the, you know, like he's, he, you know, he's not, he's not your typical supercross guy. Ralph and Fro did it forever, but you know, a, a guy like Lee has so much experience mm-hmm. and if people can just be open to, to, to knowing his experience, he gave me a couple pointers. It wasn't much, yep. but gave me a little bit and I took it and ran with it. And it's my job to tell the how and the why and um and 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 really making it that simple steve that that's what i started doing and 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 i would hope that i would have gotten better over the several years you know yes definitely did i work about, work on it 100% but yeah. make make no mistake about it nothing replicates getting that seat time and getting laps in no matter what sport no matter what discipline yeah. of worker and you know that i mean how good you do on on your podcast compared to you know the beginning years everything just flows better your thoughts are better your questions are better everything you know yeah for sure i remember i've read a few things about athletes going into the booth like tony romo and these mm-hmm. different guys and they they a lot of the common theme a lot of for the, a lot of them is like hey man you just can't walk in here and be like I'm Tony Romo I know what's going on you you have to study you have to practice you have to know what's yeah. going on like you just can't be like oh man I played this game or I I, I raced at the highest level I know this stuff you really got to put some yeah. work into it you know you, you got it you you have to put your work into it and the and the, the challenging part for Supercross that I don't know if a lot of people know compared to other major sports is like we don't have a stat guy in the booth with us mm-hmm. each week so we have to write our notes and I'm I'm a guy where I have to physically write stuff down that's how I yep. you know that's how I memorize things and that's that that's how I learn and I know my stats and things of that nature so we don't have a stat guy so we do our own stuff during the week and and at the same time as you know everything is happening so fast in supercross let's just take like like you watch an NFL game most of the time the you know the play by play guy he calls the play and then, boom, they show the uh, replay, and then the, the the analyst comes in and explains the how and the why. Okay, watch this. Look what he did, blah, 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 you know, and explains right. the play. You're like, oh, okay. Well, unfortunately, we don't get that luxury in Supercross. And so you have to – I mean, it really puts the pressure on you to get your thoughts out, tell how and why in a very, very short amount of time. So that that is the challenges that uh, we're faced with that I work on during the week and and really what i think is is helpful and you tell me if i'm wrong in in the fans as well like i try to parallel it you know i know not everyone has the knowledge of of the high-end racing like like most fans do so i'm trying to parallel it for the people who don't have the experience Mm -hmm. and and give them that that thought you know now if you want to get into the weeds and why this guy did this and how I did it and get deeper and deeper. I mean, that's for conversations like we're having today. You talk about how people, you know, not everybody accepts Lee and I agree with you, but you know what? No one accepts uh, 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 Ralph and no one accepted, um, you know, like it just, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you put like Lee Diffie has been calling motorsports and sports of all types for 30 years. The guy's good. You know what I mean? Uh, Ralph (laughs) Ralph called Daytona back in the 80s. He knows the sport. And yet you still have people being like, Ralph doesn't know the sport. So I almost like just take those 
things that I read online or, or that emails I get and just trash them because I'm like, you know, you you who who's ever going to meet the expectation that you're going to love this dude, right? Like nobody. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Totally. And and the biggest thing is like you can't get wrapped around the axle with that stuff. You know, like yeah. it's it it could be bothersome. You just put the put the direct messages away, put the comments away, and just go out there. It's like I tell my kids all the time, and and even if I'm doing RCUs and stuff. Steve Eisen, like, listen, man, do your best. That's all you can do. Are you mm-hmm. going to get it perfect? Absolutely not. But what you have to do, I believe, is just do your best. And whatever you do and whatever place you get is is what you get. If I have, I know some nights are going to be better than others. Great racing most of the time makes for a great race call. Um, when the racing isn't quite as competitive as we all would love it to be, that's where that's where your homework really mm-hmm. comes in. But at the same time, when it's not a, a real competitive race and things get stretched out, I I sometimes like those because it gives me yeah, extra time yeah. to explain explain things that I normally wouldn't get to do. But uh, I've been fortunate. I've gotten some great help from a lot of people, mm-hmm. Ralph included, and uh, it's been a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, that's uh, like I said, good job on the improvement for sure. You told Thanks, me, man. You told me one time about a rider who got a little upset at you. Um, uh, you criticized his move in a race, and he crashed, and he went down, and Either you heard it from the camp or you heard it from the rider directly that they weren't happy with you. I can't imagine, like, if I'm a racer today, like, I can't imagine being like, you know, fuck RC. Like, like, <laughs> I, I, like, okay, like, I cannot. Oh, I can. I, I can. <laughs> well, no, I can. I can think to myself, like, hey, man, I don't agree with it. Like, that dude, yeah. like, he's not seeing, he doesn't know about this and this because we don't know everything behind the scenes, as you know. But yeah. the fact that, like, your opinion, like, you've won so many races and so many championships, I, I have to accept your theory on whatever that is as being somewhat knowledgeable. And and that blows me away, like, that riders could could actually – I'm not saying they shouldn't question you, but to get actually mad at you – I feel like, come on, guys. You know. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's. I'm glad you brought up this point because I'd love to clarify, especially to your listeners. Is I here's here's the challenges. First and foremost, I have the utmost respect for all of these riders. Why? Because I've done it. I know how mm-hmm. hard it is. It's not easy. I think it's harder today at some sometimes than it was say back in our day. But but when I it is my job. And I learned this from my good buddy Jeff Hemig, mm-hmm. which he he got he he read a book and got some advice from actually as Chris Collinsworth. Listen, if I don't tell what I saw and 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 tell what I believe happened and and, and with the knowledge that I have, then I'm doing my job and the viewers a disservice. Right. And if if I was wrong, then I apologize for it. But it has nothing to do with disliking a certain rider. Like I've been so far removed from racing, uh, professionally that I, 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 I don't, you know, I don't, I don't hate anybody. So to my point, I'm going to land my plane here real quick is I, I, I have to call it like I see it. Now, if a rider has an injury and this is the frustrating part about Uh supercross and Steve, I think you could agree with me on this. If you have a nagging injury and you, you don't tell us and then you go win one weekend, you hurt yourself during the week and then you're riding around in sixth place when you won the previous weekend. Mm -hmm. What am I supposed to say? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you know, like what am I supposed to say when like, okay, you got to put yourself in our position, you as well, my position in the booth. Okay. This guy completely dominated last weekend. And then now this weekend he's rolling around in sixth place. 
I mean, I, you know, I'm the, yeah. I, he's missing the mark. So I'm going to call it now. You can't get mad at me as a writer for calling it the way I see it on TV. If you didn't tell me there was an underlying issue, I wish that they would have a little bit more trust because right. this is where I've been on this side. We've all been on this side. I think it, looking back, I wish I would have been a little more open as to, Hey man, I'm a little sick this weekend. I'm probably not going to be up to par mm -hmm. and told that to the TV guys because the TV guys aren't going to blow me out. And I don't think it really affects the right. competition. It's not like if someone was sick, like, Oh man, now I'm going to, he's sick this week and I'm going to go take him out. It's going right. to give me an extra shot of confidence. I just don't believe that. That's my beliefs. I'm probably wrong. However, if the riders, if they would just give us a little, little nugget. So when yeah. we're in that position and they're not performing, at the level that we think that they should based on their previous results, then, yeah. then we can, we can make them look like heroes. Yeah. Cause a lot of, you know, like a lot of riders, they're ra they're racing with injuries and we don't know that And it's pretty remarkable what they're able to do with these injuries where most, most people couldn't do that. And I want to, I want to prop them up and make them look like heroes. I'm like, man, look at this guy. He's right. racing with a spring, whatever, or a partial, torn ligament and he's out there getting after it performing at a high level and so i wish that's that's the tough part you know is like coming off negative but yeah we don't no, know uh, what, what the nagging injuries are Ugh, yeah. how do you deal with it well i was gonna first of all criticize you because you were the type of guy to not tell anybody anything but you said yeah. but then you clarified it with you wish you would have looking back yeah. on it because you were pretty secretive with your camp and everything else yep. about what was yep. going on 100%. for sure. 100%. Um, and, yep. and yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And that's why like, I'm pretty good friends with like AC and Osborne, mm -hmm. uh, Alex Martin, you know, different guys and dude, they'll tell me stuff and tell me to keep it quiet. And, mm -hmm. and I'll be like, okay, no problem. Like, I, you know, I, I understand. And, but I, that will, uh, that will allow me to put their race in perspective on, on yeah. how they're doing and what's happening and what they're going through. You know what I mean? Osborne's back yeah. was, you know, at one point he's like, hey, man, I haven't ridden at all. I got this back problem and it's driving me crazy. And, you know, I didn't hammer him at all. You know, I'm like, I know what he's going through. I wouldn't tell people it was his disc that was herniated, you know, but I would mm -hmm. I would know what was going on. Same as you. Same 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 idea. Right. And so it's, it is smart to do, for these guys to do that. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing, like, so I, I shouldn't, and I don't, I certainly don't want to come across like I'm blaming the riders. It may sound like that, but then I, then I beat myself up. I'm like, okay, well maybe I need to have more conversations with them and, 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 and pry a little bit. But I, but I also, the old racer in me, I don't, I don't want to force them into a position where they have to be dishonest with me. Like, Hey, how was your week? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You know, and like pry, pry, pry. And I just don't want them to afford If they don't want to tell me, they don't want to tell me, but I wish that they would mm -hmm. because to your point, if, if I know they have a little nagging injury, I'm not going to say, Hey man, this guy has performed. I, instead of saying, Hey man, this is a subpar performance for this guy. He he is missing the mark. He needs to be up here. You know, he needs to be doing. I believe he needs to be up performing and finishing and around this area. If I know there's an underlying problem, I just won't. I won't go that yeah. that direction. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you don't give me that background, <laughs> I mean, what <laughs> yeah. am I supposed to do, well, man? Well, Justin Cooper was hiding a thumb injury, right, from Washougal. Yeah. And, and all of us were like, "What's going on?" And and I've heard it from sort of a source close to the team. Hey, he hasn't ridden in the whole break after Washougal. His thumb hurts. 
So I'm like, okay, well, this all makes sense, you know. But I, yeah. why, you know, why wouldn't you tell us? Like, hey, man, I hurt my thumb in the crash. Like, I don't. I, don't <laughs> I get know. It. We yes. could have made him, could have made him look like right. a hero, and yeah. it kind of is like, man. Then your, then you, your whole mindset kind of turns, mm-hmm. and you're like, man, he's actually doing really yeah, well. Actually working out, right? Um, <laughs> hey, so big news. Uh, Eli Tomac going to Yamaha, and this mm-hmm. is this is on par with. You know, you switching to Honda or or mm-hmm. your your Suzuki move too, where we're mm-hmm. seeing this this iconic guy that's so associated with one brand switch. Um, you know, I, I, I've I've talked to a lot of people involved in this, and I'm going to talk to Eli uh, actually later today, mm-hmm. depending on I think that comes mm-hmm. up before this though. But anyways, um, you know, I don't think it's a money thing. I think it was just time. Uh, I think he wanted a little bit more control over the bike, and mm-hmm. he's going to get that over there. He's going to be able to do a little bit more. The Cowie guys are. A little rigid. Um, mm-hmm. What do you do? You equate this to any of your moves? Can you look at this and be like, ah, that's kind of how I felt uh, leaving Cowie, or that's how I felt leaving Honda? Yeah, I think that for um, I, I think it's going to be a breath of fresh air for him. I think it was time for him to move on. I think to your point about the money, and and you guys have probably talked about this already. Listen, all these guys have the same amount of money to play with these manufacturers as far as for the most part for, mm-hmm. uh, for getting a guy, you know what I mean? It, it comes down to the, the nuances of the deal. Like you just touched about, uh, with Eli, you know, what, what kind of control does he have? What is he able to do with the bike that maybe Kawasaki wasn't letting him do? And those are the things that they probably believe that will, get him the results that he's wanting so um was it was it that way really for me um when i left cowie and went to honda i knew that i was going to be on the same bike in 2002 as i was in 2001 and i thought for sure that mcgrath was going to get better and be better than what he was in 2001 Mm -hmm. to get that championship back so i knew i had to advance my position uh, uh, as far as equipment goes, yeah, Stur- Stur- Bruce, a- uh, Bruce Sternstrom tells a hilarious story about that where he's just like, you, he goes, yeah, Ricky was just like, Bruce, the bike, it's just, it's not that good. And I can't get it that good. And Bruce was like, I kind of agree with you. It's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> he was upset with me for a really long time, but now we can joke. Now about we can it. Joke but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and I had a great relationship at Cowie. They were great to me and I had no regrets. So, Fast forward to when I left Honda mm-hmm. and then went and went to Suzuki. Um, I wanted to stay at Honda right. and Honda just, you know, I was asking for a, a little bit of a, a pay increase uh, and they were going to do that just a little bit. Not what I was asking, but I bit it, but I had basically folded and said, okay, I'll do this. Right. I, I, I was good to go. Unless Suzuki gave me what we were asking for, and uh, yeah, I mean, I I folded and I was re- I was staying at Honda regardless yeah. of they were implementing other things in my contract, like if I got hurt, blah blah blah. Yep. And um, Suzuki stepped up to the plate, and I'm just like, okay, um, and I felt wanted, you know, like through that whole process at Honda, 
and I was asking for these concessions. They wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. Where before, when they wanted me to get me from from when they mm-hmm. recruited me from yep. Cowie, it was it was whatever, whenever, however, we'll do it. Yeah. I'm like okay, so it's the completely role reversal. So anyhow, I don't know the intricacies of the deal with with um, Eli, yep. but I do think it'll be a bre- uh, breath of fresh air. I have heard the same thing about you that I'll have a little bit uh, more say so in the bike and and be able to change and do. things things that he would he would like which uh that's kind of what the the beauty of the star monster energy star yamaha team is right like they they they're almost like a private sector team Mm -hmm. with factory support so they have a little bit more leeway which uh might be exactly what he needs and i'm excited i'm excited to hear what he has to tell you i mean we'll get it from the horse's mouth sure yeah um it's funny because i guarantee you looking back on that move you know honda did it to jeremy right when they started when he was the deal was up he didn't like that 97 bike but they also were like kind of like putting clauses in his deals and clamping down on it and i think that they were like well where where is he gonna go what's he gonna do right like like we're honda and i I guarantee you honda with you was like well he's not going back to cowie and yamaha's full and he's not going to ktm and he would never go to suzuki i mean they're they're not gonna do anything you know and and all of a sudden i guarantee you they were like where's this dude gonna go and then you're like uh actually i'm gonna go you know, I, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure what ha- it's funny. Yeah, the exact same thing. Steve is like they were putting concessions in my, in my, in my contracts. Right. I'm like, oh man. And I'm like, okay, I'll accept it. Right. And then, uh, yeah, then Suzuki just came through with the hail mary, made it happy. And I remember my manager, he called me. I was driving. We we're in Atlanta. I was going to a dealer signing. I think Free Will and Honda. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, you want the good news or the bad news? I'm like, well. I'll take the bad news first. He says, well, there is no bad news. <laughs> I said, well, and I said, what's the good news? He says, well, Suzuki gave, gave us everything that we were asking for. Everything. Yeah. And he's like, so you got a decision to make. I'm like, Ooh. And I was like, I didn't want to be put in that position, mm-hmm. but I just found out like a year and a half ago. This is crazy. This blows my mind. I found out why Honda was playing hardball mm. because dude, they were trying to sell uh sign stew. Really? Yeah. Wow. At the same time, yeah. I'm like, ah, that, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> so they were trying to get Stu for uh, 2005. Right. So isn't that funny? They got they didn't get any of it. There us. was this Stu test ride in 02 or whatever that was, right? There was a Yeah, that was yeah. Yeah, but but they were going back out and make another run at him. Uh, that That's what I had heard. I think I heard that a year and a half ago. Right. Ah, like, oh, that makes sense. Did you I mean, it's easy to look back now and say, yeah. but did you legitimately think you could win at Suzuki right away? It'd be as good as you were right away. Did you think it like Roger was there and the bike actually we used to laugh at Yamaha cuz it was basically a YZ250 motor. Um, 100%. Yeah, but we were like, it's Suzuki. Like, uh, w- all of us were like, he's going to break it. He's going to, there's going to, you know, they're, they're going to need us some time to figure things out. And, and especially when it came to that four stroke, we're like, there's no chance that thing's going to hold mm-hmm. together with, with Ricky riding it. But did you think you could win right away? Well, I, 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 I was, 
I had confidence that I could win, but I thought it was going to be hard. But Roger had done a good job at selling me on it, and <laughs> he said it was very similar. He had said it was very similar to to the uh, to the Yamaha, and we all know those. I mean, Yamaha that bike was absolutely incredible yeah. through that time period. So they had basically copied that. Yep. They said they were they were making all kinds of concessions uh, of of how we would make it right if it wasn't up to par. And, um, when I came there, I mean, it was, they, they were ready to go. It's almost like when you sponsor someone, then you got to go activate. Right. They, did, they, <laughs> they were, they, they hired me, they were ready to go and make no mistake about it. Like when I knew that we were talking with Suzuki, mm-hmm. it started pretty much at the beginning of the year, that year in 04. And, um, I was watching the bike. I was laid up. Um, with my ACL. So it gave me some time to really do my research and homework because the tough part was, you remember back then and even probably today now, when you want to go get a rider from another team, you do a private test midway through the season and you get get an idea, right? Well, I didn't get to do that because my knee was jacked. Mm -hmm. So I never even rode the bike. I just, I went on faith, man, and what what I could listen to. I listen, listen to, and I just was, dude, I was glued to Nick way the whole time. Just yeah. like listen to the bike, <laughs> watch the bike. And it always sounded good and yeah. the whole bit. So anyhow, uh, it was good. It was good. And to your point, I mean, we got there and I remember, you know, going back to the two stroke days before the U S open that year when we were testing at Suzuki and we were basic, I mean, we were copying the exhaust ports of, of Yamaha. I'm like, right. how do we get it like this? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And dude, they would tweak it and, made it happen our bikes were good bob oliver oh, bobo dude, doing things. the cylinders and and yeah. dude we used to test with stuff that was marked it wasn't race stuff but it was testing stuff and it was marked with mc initials on it like that's how good it was it was just jeremy's old cylinder that we had some spec in it like the thing never changed and they just had it down to a science the yz250 it was great <laughs> Yeah, I mean, those, yeah, I mean, I remember, and we were, you know, Suzuki had done a great job. And yeah, to, to your point, it was basically, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we, if we could, if we couldn't beat him, we we're going to copy. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that's, I mean, that's what we did. And right. I'm like, you know, it's, uh, it, it was so good. And even to this day, you crank those things up, they sound good. I think that was the perfect engine for, for a 250, but mm-hmm. a small, a small short story. So, before the 2004 uh, season, before I hurt myself and wasn't able to race, all the um, Japanese, big Japanese engineers came over because we were struggling with the bike, as everyone knows, with the uh, RC valve. And um, the, I remember the head engineer telling Johnny O at the time, he's mm-hmm. like, dude, with with the power that he's wanting and that low RPM response just coming right off the bottom, yeah. he's going to he should just ride the four stroke because that's that's going to give that to him. He says there's yep. no way we're going to be able to give him what he wants like that Yamaha with the with the with the RC valve. So we went and tested the um the 450 and it was awesome. It, it gave mm-hmm. me that low RPM response that torque like the YZ250 had and uh, that's what I was going to go racing on, but uh, it was it was funny to listen to to the engineer just say, "Man, we're not yeah. going to be able to do that." That's just yeah, you guys are on another dimension for sure. Yeah, it uh until you yeah. went to the aluminum till reading yeah. went to the aluminum chassis. Yeah, the, the we we were told the aluminum chassis was the exact same characteristics as the steel. Same same, we were told same same. And uh yeah. a, a, and they weren't and everyone complained and bitched and, and we tried 
We tried to take some of the webbing out. We tried to add some plates to it to make it more stable. It didn't matter. The Japanese were what like, "What was it? Was it? Was it like just like like was it too stiff? Yeah, too soft, inconsistent. What was it? It ended up being too stiff, is what it was. And they said that it was braced in the way. Obviously, aluminum is stiffer than steel. Uh, mm-hmm. And they said that they were going. They braced it in a way to flex characteristics to match the steel frame. They knew that it would be, but they were like, you know, it's going to match the steel frame. And all of our guys, like every single guy, Red Dog, Villaman, Jad, were like, yeah. This thing's not not good on hard stuff. It's on flat hard stuff, just Anaheim's, you know that kind of stuff. It's just it doesn't work. And, yeah, uh, I, and we were trying everything. Yeah, dude. So funny story. Goose and I. I remember we were. I can't remember if we were we were at practice. It was probably five races into the Supercross series, and clearly Chad wasn't doing. You know, wasn't yeah, right. performing to the level that he had been. And I remember like look, we were looking at his bike and like. He had this. Uh, he had the skid plate on one yeah. time, yeah, and then yeah. he wouldn't have it on. And I remember because if if you remember, I went through all of that change the early days at, at at Honda, so we know kind of all the tricks of what right. to do to get it stiffer, softer, whatever it might for be for the aluminum frame. And, yeah, you know, for the aluminum. Yeah, yeah, yeah for the yeah, aluminum yeah. frame. And when we saw Chad go back and we, forth, we knew <laughs> we we had carbon plates, we had aluminum plates, we had a, a pivot bolt with lead. <laughs> A pivot bolt without lead. Uh, we had no pl- – yeah, we just anything, man. Anything. To, to just, <laughs> you know, one time one time McCarty told us to – he said he would notice it flexing, and he told us to put these braces in, and we put the braces in, and no one – everyone said it made it way worse. And that, that so that was like a 18-hour a job to get two frames ready to for the guys to ride them for 30 seconds and be like, this thing's a piece of shit. Like, this doesn't work. Right. We, uh, it was, yeah. And then – and I remember, too, like, we, we had four strokes for – you know, Yamaha obviously pioneered those four strokes with Doug and, and yeah. Red Dog rode them really well and Jimmy Button mm-hmm. and all those guys. And then you guys come out – Honda comes out with a four-stroke, and we're just like – this thing's so much better. Oh my god, oh, it's lighter, yeah. it's skinnier. It's got they got a magnesium <laughs> carb for God's sakes. They got, you know yeah. what I mean? We're just like we're fucked. We're just we're, <laughs> we were so mad. Like dude, that <laughs> can that Red Dog had on oh, that right? Yeah, it's just so big and it looks so heavy. I mean, it, it probably dude. performed good. Like when I watch, I'm like, it looks like it's pretty compliant. Yeah. As far as you know, how it flexes and stuff really good, and and Red Red Dog wrote it really well. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that I'm <laughs> tell you right now, and people always ask me what one of my favorite bikes were. That 2004 CR 450 right. was really really good, we, and we didn't have do we didn't do hardly anything to we, the engine. We had carbs falling off, RC. We <laughs> we had tethers. <laughs> we it was just. I, I remember I went to Goose one time because we were. Legitimately having problems with um, burping, like kind of on like hard hits, right? It would burp, it would cough, right? Yeah. The accelerator pump, and and we were having like our guys were a little scared to be real, and and I was like, I went to Goose one time, and I'm like, I'm like Goose, like you don't got to tell me anything, like, do you guys have like a little burping or hiccups sometimes with your guys? Yeah. He's like, no. And I'm like, no, no, for real, Goose. Like, I, this is like a, like a rider safety thing. Like, I know we're racing each other here, but like, yeah. do you guys have problems? Like, just tell me that 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 we that you also have these issues, just so I can sleep at night because our guys are terrified to ride our bikes. And Goose is like, no, no, man, not at all. 
And I was like, fuck no, it, fucking and, Honda. And stri- <laughs> I know. Hey, straight up, we did it, and yeah, we worked I know. on that. And yep. you know what it was? It was like a the, the squirt, like that yep. little injector. We worked countlessly on that thing, man, to get it right to where it did it wouldn't stutter just a little bit. And there were times where I could identify it, like if we didn't have the right, I can't. Was it an injector or was no, it? I don't it, think it was a squirter. Like yeah, yeah, no, it was. Uh, it was the little. Um, yeah, it was. The, it was the accelerator pump. Basically, so yeah, yeah so it, and, and so you, we you would screw like, it into it was lagging, yep. right. Yeah, if it was lagging at certain areas based on the weather, boom, I was like, ah, yeah, we need to adjust that. It needs just it just needs a little bit more fuel, and boom, they would do whatever yeah. they were gonna do, and we'd be ready to oh. go. He he wasn't lying to you. We did have it sorted out. I know our guys. We were so backwards, and we would just be like, oh my god, like you know, like we were envious of how well your bike worked right out of the gate, and then. We weren't envious of the RMZ because it was just burping and farting and kicking everywhere, and we're like, "Look at this thing!" Like, it, and it do never you, broke. Do you remember when we had to? Do you remember when we had to cool our fuel? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you remember that? Actually, like, dude, a couple of times we got it too cold at Redbud. One time we got it too cold, and my uh, gas tank was like iced over, right? <laughs> and then it and then it then it formed condensation in the fuel, so yep. the things like towards the end of the moto was it, it was getting low. There's water in the fuel. Things like blah, 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 oh. blurbling. I'm like, dude. I said, we're not gonna we're not gonna finish it. So anyhow, we uh, and Colorado, <laughs> it's, cr- okay. it's crazy. Go ahead. Well, so, go ahead. Lakewood. We thought you had. We thought we had you yeah. at Lakewood because we thought we had Honda at Lakewood because Jimmy Perry, the great Jimmy Perry, uh, said, "Hey, we're at altitude and our gas isn't going to really, really work that well." So let's get pump gas. So we ran pump gas at Lakewood, and our bikes worked great. And all the Hondas were sputtering late in the moto. And we're like, oh, we got these guys now. We, and, but, but everybody held on to finish. What? <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. Lakewood was so – I mean, you know how like, – yeah. the, the whole ga- – yeah, I mean, it was so gnarly. The thing – the gas would start boiling and yeah. all that fun stuff. But, yeah, it was uh, it was crazy. And you know the thing, like, was, was – like, I felt bad for you. Like, dude, John R. and Bob Oliver were always so cool to me. Right. Like, they had no reason to be because I was always racing against you guys, even from the Wyndham days mm-hmm. on. But it, it had to be incredibly – uh, frustrating for them, but I always yep. had a tremendous amount of respect for those two it guys. Was, it was cool to work with those guys and to be with there. And I would just hammer them on Bradshaw and RJ and Glover like trivia. Just hammer would you? Them. Oh, all day long. I think they were getting so tired of me, like this stupid kid. And I'd just be like, dude, what did Bradshaw eat? What would Bradshaw say? What did yeah. RJ say? What did Glover like? They were just like, yeah, whatever, <laughs> right? And I, I couldn't was, imagine <laughs> the stories they had right, man, right. with those guys. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. Please check out uh, flyracing.com for more information on everything that those guys got going on. Thank you to the folks at motorsport.com, OEM and aftermarket parts. They've got them both. Uh, free shipping on everything over 79 bucks. Dedicated team of gearheads down there. We'll uh, have you dialed in and give you great prices. There's a whole pulp section uh, segment on their website. Go through the banner on pulpmex.com or pulpamexshow.com and help us out a little bit. And if you have any issues with motorsport, any problems, any questions, uh, email me. Using the contact form of pulpmex.com, I'll pass it on to Motorsport, and they will make sure that you're happy. And uh, they got everything you need, man, for all types of motorcycles and UTVs and everything else. So thank you to motorsport.com. And it's been almost 25 years since Kobo Lynx lowered the first motorcycle based in Boise, Idaho. Uh, they made the Suzuki DR350 seat height a little shorter uh, when they first started. And today they have a lowering suspension link for everything from Aprilia to Yamaha, used by trail riders, motocross racers, and adventure tours. Like the first link, each one is still seen seed in Idaho for riders of all ages, heights, and abilities. 
And if you have a, a if you're shorter of stature or if your wife or girlfriend is riding and they, she, she can't quite touch the ground, go to Cobolinks.com. Use the code PulpMX. Get free shipping and 15% off any link. PulpMX code, Cobolinks.com, K-O-U-B-A, links.com. Increase plushness, improve cornering, gain confidence by having, having a lower center of gravity. Thanks to those guys. Thanks to Maxis and Renthal, of course, as well. And uh, thanks to RC. Thank you, people, for listening. Here's some more of Mathis and RC. Hey, looking back, uh, um, mm-hmm. as we get further away from the era of you, Chad, and James, and, and we get into this era now, and I don't, and I don't know if it's going to – it'll change at some point. I just don't know when. But I think when we see Eli, you know, not be able to, to, to put two championships together and we see Coop – Cooper Webb not be able to put two championships together and Jason Anderson. And we see a lot of parody. We see guys, Roxon's, you know, obviously all over the place. Some weekends he's so dominant, other weekends he's not. It really makes me appreciate, and I, I think I was talking with Wygan about this the other day. It really makes me appreciate the era that you guys were in, and even the Ryans too after you, about how damn hard that is to be on your game for 29 races and, and take two championships home and, and you know, and just. Yeah, it's just you see it now and you're like, wow. I think we I appreciate it more now because it doesn't happen lately. Well, I think here's here's what here, this is my theory and what I this is what I believe. You could, and there's a couple there's a couple that don't really apply to this mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll I'll say who it is, but I what I think you're seeing and why there's so much parody and what, you're seeing the crop that has come up through right training abilities mm-hmm. I, and you know jason anderson but you watch those guys and 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 they're a little bit different right they they have their their own unique style they do things a different way and even for that but go let you go you know about the 250 class and the young guys class most of them have grown up riding with the same guys all the time mm-hmm. so there's there's nothing there's nothing any different um, they do the same program right. they watch each other each guidance knows what the other is doing so there's no differences so really that's that that in my opinion that's that's what we're seeing and i think that's why the racing is so close you know no one's doing anything secretive for sure. the most part yeah. or, or anything like that that so theory it's great for racing. However, if you're making predictions, I think it's it's tough mm-hmm. because you just don't know. And that's where I think the mentally sound guys that are really, really good at at managing races and managing championships and don't let things bother them. And I think Cooper Webb is really, really good at that. He can take an ill-handled bike and he doesn't let it ruin his day, right. at least in Supercross. So I that, and I think that's a strong suit. I think that's what you need these days is you got to have that mental wherewithal to not let things bother you. And so to answer your question, that's why I think things are different. You know how it was in our day. There ain't no way in hell I was going to ride with Chad. Chad wasn't going to ride with me. Uh, I wasn't going to invite McGrath over to ride. and He'd be crazy to invite me to go. You kick Yogi Yogi out of the the tribe. (laughs) I know. Yeah, well. I older for that because yeah. as soon as I hired and then Yogi wanted to come ride, he's like, you can't have him over there. Yeah. You can't have him over there. You're going to be racing him. We're not helping our competition. Yeah. Funny how, how 
funny how that it's changed I'm over totally there now right. for that. Yeah, totally. Right, everyone rides together. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, you. I think, anyhow, this is for another conversation. But yep. then you go to the two. You, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so then you go to the two Ryan's generation. Yep. Still. One guy's doing their own thing. The other guy's doing their other thing. Mm-hmm. Didn't really grow up in a riding facility. And uh, now, you know, most, most, of, most of the guys have, you right. know, and the guys. So that, that's, my theory. that's my theory. Now, I like, like I said, it. there yeah. are some guys that haven't. But, I mean, they're, they're, that's why I think some guys ride the same. They do the same. And, you know, you just, yeah. you know, they just, it's kind of like musical chairs, if you will. One guy gets fourth one weekend. One guy gets seventh the next weekend. And. You know, yeah. So. In a loose way, this was another thing we were bench racing about. You, Webb is you a little bit now. Not as good, not as mm-hmm. dominant, but can take anything and make it work, right? And can have a shitty mm-hmm. practice and make it work. I, yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times I saw you eat shit in practice and still win that night. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. had the, the, you were just on point that way. Uh, rocks right. in his, rocks in his window because you just never know, and he could just smoke you, and then next weekend get fourth. And then I think maybe E.T. is uh, is C.R., just always there, real aggressive. You know, I don't know. It's sort of a loosely thing that we were talking about over beers one time. So what do you think? Yeah, I uh, I heard you. And listen, so I think you're on point with yep. – um, with- with everyone, I I think the the Eli thing is is gnarly to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he emulates anybody. Like okay, yeah, yeah, fair Reed enough. Reed maybe. Right. I just be, because I think Reed is just he's just more consistent than mm. than. Yeah, I mean, you ain't gonna see you ain't gonna see Chad Reed in his day ride around in fifth place. No, it just ain't. No. It just ain't happening. So that's the only difference there. Right. Um, I think Eli, I think myself personally, I think Eli is his own person. I really, yeah. I really, I really believe that. I, I don't know that I could compare him with anybody. I just, right. I mean, when he's on, I mean, Robbie Raynard in my day, especially you go to Unadilla. I mean, the guy, you just, you yeah. might as well forget it. He's going to smoke you, you know, but other than that, I mean, I mean, Eli, you know, he's, he's much more consistent, much more, um, yeah, he's had a yeah. lot more success than RR, but no, no, you know, no disrespect to RR. He could ride a dirt bike, oh, but yeah. anyhow, yeah. I think I think Eli's his own guy. I really believe that. Um, but the rocks I, and Wyndham one works. Rocks and Wyndham, oh, dude, you're 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 right <laughs> okay. on one hundred one hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. you hit it on the nose. Um, it's going to be interesting. You know, I think the biggest the biggest question mark for me coming up. And I'm, I'm, this is your interview. I shouldn't be saying this, but mm-hmm. I think that uh, I'm really interested to see what Ferrandis is able to do in Supercross. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Uh, I think Webb moving away from Alden and going to train with the Lawrences and and Zacco at the 83 compound is the most interesting story because there's so much tension there as far as letting Coop do that. So that's the first story, and then the second story to me is Ferrandis. Those are the two storylines that I'm looking at going into Supercross yeah. 2022 because I think Webb uh, – you look, you brought Alden over. You you introduced him into the sport, and his record's amazing, right? It's simply phenomenal. And I don't know if Coop's making the right decision. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, yeah, time is going to tell. And, and honestly, this is like one thing that is – is is tough for me as like people that who you think's gonna win yeah and honestly i well 
I, I don't know who's going to win. Every and we've already talked about this. Guys coming up yeah. through through the ranks. You just, I mean, you you you. I, it'd be easier for me to tell you why I I think he probably wouldn't win, or this is going to be his challenges. But I think it's anybody's. I think it's anybody's game. I think so much happens in the like first five to six seven rounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, guys are going back and forth. Everybody still thinks they have a shot. I think the guy that is able to stay the most consistent those first five to seven rounds really positions themselves well towards the end of the end of the year. That that's my opinion. So that that's the one thing I I am going to be watching. How is Coop going to be? You know, is the change what he needed? Uh, I can't say that it is. I can't say that it's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if the rub was so bad and he was really that unhappy at the factory, at bigger factory, then 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 one would think it's going to be better for him. But w- not having that regimen uh, is that going to be a negative? Mm-hmm. Now, I think that Coop is a good enough champion that he. He he knows what the regimen is. He knows what he needs to do to win. And if you uh, you just you got to assume he's going to do that. He's just going to be in a happier place. Um, Dylan Ferran is is he going to take everything that he learned his first year and uh, not make those same mistakes? If that's the case, he's going to be well. You know, Kenny's going to be great. Uh, the first, you know, he's always mm-hmm. he's always really well and consistent. But he is just so strong at the beginning of those series. He gets great starts and he runs up front while everyone's going all over the place. So, and then Eli, how's he going to do? Everybody wants to know how's he going to do on the on the on the new team. I want to see that too, but. As far as predictions in the championship, they're all good for yeah. all great reasons. And I think it's I think when we get to that fifth to seventh round, you're gonna see you're gonna see who's who. Yeah. Do you do that's you, what I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you've you've said this on the broadcast, and I think you're right. Like get through the opening rounds, be consistent, yeah. now make your run, you know? Um yeah. uh, and that's something that, that you did do also. Um did you get more was was holding off James Stewart for the Supercross title, was it the same feeling as beating Jeremy that first time for for, for the title, like beating Jeremy in uh, in O two? Like, were you? Mm. Was it the same? Because I I look at it like, look, Jeremy was the guy, and he was amazing at Supercross, and all of us, quote unquote, were like, ah, Ricky's pretty loose, you know, he, he, he mm-hmm. can win Daytona, he can win an outdoors, yeah. but Jeremy, Jeremy's pretty damn good, and then. And then all of us were, and then you beat him, and we're like, "Oh shit, okay." Um, and then with James, it's like, dude, he, you know, he's next level. His speed is unbelievable. Ricky's uh, won a ton. Uh, do you really think he wants to match this guy, uh, speed for speed? Blah blah blah. And you beat him. Uh, is it comparable at all to taking down those two guys? That is a great question. No one has ever asked. Ah, me. look and at that. Yes, yeah, so, I mean it's. Oh, okay. I think any time you do anything for the first time is the most special, mm-hmm. no matter what it is. You know, we're riding a bicycle for the first time, you know, is you, you remember those moments. And I had worked so hard and had sacrificed and changed a lot of my program to win that Supercross championship mm-hmm. in 2001 against the king of Supercross. Right. No one is going to touch that guy, especially this day with everyone, yeah, how many yeah, guys win. Yeah. <laughs> ain't, ain't nobody touching that. You know what I mean? And he is the king of Supercross. 
And I mean, he changed the sport for the better, have a tremendous amount of, amount of respect for MC. And I, I think to me, that's a more of a special moment mm-hmm. just because you look at the history and what that guy was able to do and how many wins he had. And so many guys had tried to beat him. So to, that to finally beat him was so special. I think that it's different. It's a different mindset when you're trying to hold someone off from beating you right. and going out there for the first time and trying to beat, trying to beat this guy that so, yeah. that, and that's why when I go to James, I always figured he was going <clears> to <throat> eventually beat me. Right. Um, you know, racing James is completely different than racing Jeremy. Jeremy was consistent. He was going to be there all the time. James was the fastest guy that I've ever raced against on a motorcycle, but you could bank on there was going to be a throwaway, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's, and essentially that's how I would get the best of him in Supercross. It wasn't always mo- majority of the time. It wasn't because of speed, but I was just going, I never wanted to, I never, I always knew I wasn't going to be fast enough to beat James on speed. All I wanted to do is just be close enough on speed to put him in a position to where he would crash. Yeah. That, that, that yeah. was my, right. that my stress. You know, were there times where if he got a bad start and I got the whole shot and checked out, of course there were nights that I felt good, but on an average, mm-hmm. he was always faster and he is, I mean, the guy's insane. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my, that, that was my strategy to beat him. Now MC on the other hand, he had already won seven championships. I mean, he he certainly wasn't 21 years old when I beat him. But um, my my strategy for him is I knew he was he wasn't going to go out of his comfort zone. Right. So I'm like, well, or James, James gonna... would James would clearly go out of his comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, some of his say, Dude. you ever noticed? Oh. Have you and you ever noticed? Like, let's just take the whoops for example. Yeah. He would go in so fast. Yeah. And he and like think about this. He hardly ever rotated forward in the whoops if he crashed. It always rotated front side up. Yeah. That's because he's go <laughs> yeah, right? It's because he's going so yeah. fast. Like someone like me, yeah. I would rotate the the mere mortal would rotate yeah. forward. you know, they yeah. would go over. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we're not going fast right, enough. Right. He's uh, the only guy that rotate the opposite it, way because he's going so fast. The, oh, I was around the Cowie truck a lot because a red dog, right? The, and yeah, that 07 outdoors when you were getting the best of him, mm-hmm. it was driving him nuts, man. He was <laughs> so fucking mad, and, and like <laughs> you could see it. You know, he just he just you would. I think you would outsmart him a lot of times. I think you'd just ride right behind him, you know, and you yeah. kinda, you kind of knew oh. what was, the the deal was. And, and and then he would try to go faster to pull away, and you'd be like, eh, "Not really, I'm still right here." And he would make that mistake, and then you would win, or you, you would go one, you would go two one, you know, you get the uh-huh. overall or whatever, uh, yeah. or one one. And he was, dude, he was not <laughs> happy. You no. you're exactly you you yeah. you had a great observation. So I would love people to know. So I was uh, texting with JS a, a little bit over the summer, and we we're t- I was talking to this this one race that really stands out to in my head mm-hmm. is at Washougal, and I don't think it was the weekend that we collided, but uh, it may actually it may have been. Anyhow, yeah. it, I didn't want to be in front of him. And he didn't want to be in front of me. It's like a game of chess, right? Yeah, because yeah. it just like you just that that's just how it was. So I remember we were in the back section or something, and I slowed. I was I was I was in the lead. He was yeah. all over me, and I slowed down like so purposefully so he would go around me, and dude, he wouldn't go by me. 
I'm like, oh, if, dude, if, if we go any slower, Reedy's going to catch us. Right. And, like, we, you know, like we've got to go. So then we went another lap. And so I tried to trick him a little bit. Like I'd slow down a little bit earlier before we got to that section. Nah, he was too, he, he, yeah, he was like, no, no, thing. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really it was a game of chess because it just, neither one of us, I shouldn't, I can't speak for him, but yeah. I didn't want him up my ass the whole time. Yeah. You know, no, like, yeah, I yeah, just yeah. like, I'd rather, you know how it is. It's easier to follow than it is to be, to be followed. So. That's, Anyhow, that's great. So you guys are texting. I, I think that's the biggest yeah, thing I've taken away yeah, from this. Yeah, uh, I got Yeah, he he sent me a text, and uh, I was. I mean, it made me. It was is so great, you know, to to get a text from him. And yeah, man, we we've had some great conversations. And I would, you know, I'd congratulate him when when Chase had a good run and stuff like that. Oh, and then we good. talked about some racing. Yeah, we we, we keep thinking we're going to go play some golf, but. Uh, I got to get down he, to that Orlando area. He's a mysterious guy. He's in and out. He texted me at five in the morning one time, uh, Vegas time, uh, and said he would come on the show, and then mm-hmm. uh, never replied again to set up a time. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? I mean, I'm sh- what like yeah. he just didn't respond just, to the follow no, up. No, what? he yeah, never did. No, nothing. At, but at five in the morning, eight, eight eight o'clock Florida time, he was ready, and then I don't know. After that, it was the moment was gone. So I never, well, he's, he's earned the right. I know. Right. He's, he's earned the right to do it. And I was, yep. I'm glad that uh, we can have a great conversation. No, That's cool. For sure. Yeah. I yeah, wish he'd come yeah. around more, man. The guy, I do too. He is still spoken about in high reverence. Everyone mm-hmm. is still like, Stu would do that. Stu would do this. Stu would do that. Um, yeah. you know, jokingly, you know, when we walk the track or whatever, and, and I think people would love to have him around. It's a shame that, you know, I think it's the way he went out and it was mm-hmm. shitty what happened and, and I just think he doesn't. I don't know. He doesn't want to come around or whatever it is. And it's too bad, man. Because whenever he does, people people love it. So yeah, he's definitely a polarizing figure for sure. And I just, I mean, I mean, you 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 were there, you know, in, in the Cowie rigs, and I was there racing with him. And it just that yeah. what that guy was able to do on a motorcycle was just absolutely incredible. So far ahead of uh, of the time, yeah. almost like how Bradshaw and MC. You know, and I don't. I don't think that I was necessarily on a talent level uh, ahead of ahead of my time. I feel, feel like I had an impact on the sport in a different way, from like a training yeah. perspective right. and things of that nature. But yeah, I mean, dude, it's it's just gnarly. So taking down MC to you because it was the first one is really the one that you know stands out. Because yeah, that's yeah, yeah. certainly that's yeah. that's the one that sticks out to me. No, no doubt about it. And then I would say. Probably 06 was special to me yep. uh, for a couple reasons. I knew that was going to be my last season competing for the championship. And Chad had kicked my ass so many times that I didn't even care if I beat James. I just wanted to beat Chad. <laughs> because, I mean, you know, I mean, he just, yeah. I mean, he just, it, here's the thing. He, he got the best. I mean, he absolutely crushed me at the end of 03. Right. That it's just like, dude, it's, it's like people, I, I felt like, dude, I, I still won the championship. I I know how to ride, but I, I'm struggling over here in this area. Yeah, and like, Chad's a bad dude, but don't sleep on my skills, please. Right, <laughs> you right. know. So I always felt like I had a point to prove. Was, I shouldn't have thought that way, but yeah, I did. I think you so always that, did that. That, was, yeah. that felt good. And 2005 was was certainly special because you know the the move to Suzuki. People were like, "Oh, this dude's toast." Yeah, but, it was definitely thought. Thought of, I think at the time that they didn't have the equipment that would be necessary that you would need, or the reliability. 
because you know you're famously hard on bikes, right? And, and right, everyone was like, "Dude, he's gonna break the Suzuki, and it's not gonna be good enough." You know what I mean? <laughs> like that was sort of what we talked about, you know, on the team, yeah. right? So, um, yeah, yeah, it was funny the '03 thing. Uh, Timmy was out. Uh, he was had Epstein Bar. He was out of the races, but I was still going there just as a spotter, or track guy, or whatever. And I remember Scott Taylor, who used to work with you, and, and mm-hmm. you know Scott. Scott's a good guy, but he he was telling people like TFS, uh, Steve Brune, um, these type of media guys that you were just riding to protect the points, you know, back in '03. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, listen, he's killing himself through the whoops to try to, ki- you know, he's he's doing everything he can to beat Chad. He's not riding for no points lead. He's pissed off. Like <laughs> I don't want I don't want to hear this. Chad re- Ricky's riding for the points. Like he's mad. Chad's beating yeah. him every week. Yeah, I mean, at the, <laughs> when when Chad started winning there, what like f- basically halfway the last latter yeah, half, half of the yeah. series, oh, for sure. I mean, at the beginning, I was going for it. I yeah. wasn't saving. I wasn't saving anything, no. dude. I wanted to. I wanted to pad that points right. as much as I could. Now, you know, you get like couple races in where you're like, okay, listen, man. If if the opportunity's there, mm-hmm. I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna go for the win. But if it ain't, I had basically conceded to him like I just I can't do this. Let's just win the championship and then we'll focus on two thousand four. Um but you know the crazy thing was for me, dude, is like how he was so good in supercross and then it's just like completely different guy in outdoor yeah. that just always blew yeah. my mind yeah really right i mean you pretty much actually yeah we did that article for race yeah, we did you that once. article he beat you, you told once me that. right <laughs> i'm like but how right though, you know right uh no you're absolutely right well i i mean but if you had ran a normal bike setup ricky could you have won more races no way. I mean, dude, because I would have probably crashed more. I guess, maybe. 120, 100, I ran like 118, 120 sag with zero uh, full oh, rebound. Oh, wow. The thing would yeah. not return. No. I remember asking Shane Drew, I'm like, what's he doing? What? We watch him in the video in the in the semi, and he's almost killing himself. Yeah, that's what he likes. That's, he won't he won't do anything else. That's what he likes. Yeah, but yep. you know what? To, to, to this point, so like – it, it kind of like the suspension engineers, it got into a certain point where there's like, okay, what do you want? Tell us right. what you want to do and we'll get, get you there. So the testing period was pretty, pretty quick and easy. Cause I'd gotten to a really good stage and Johnny O had helped me out a lot. I was, mm-hmm. I thought like, even though like on paper, my bike wasn't, you know, you, you just don't run setups like that, but I knew what I needed to go out and win. Right. Yep. So, um, we just narrowed it down. Boom, we could be done like two to three weeks worth of testing. Uh, so it made it nice, and now we were able to get uh, we were able to get some, some some good results. But things have changed so much. So like, I didn't have any practice bike guys until I went to uh, Suzuki. Right. So right. I did all my own bike work. I, I lo- this I love crazy to think about that. Right? Isn't it nuts to think about that now? Like you, I mean, are, you remember when when you you came here with Red that that one time that, that yeah. week or two? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Big Rick would do my stuff like when he got home. You from actually work remember that? Prep. I'm surprised you actually remember that. Yeah, we that's went, right. We we, it, who what? else was with us? Uh, like, it was State JT. It was, it was JT, Timmy, me, and Yogi. Was Duff there, Ryan Duff. I don't no? think Duff was there. No, 
dang. Okay, yeah. so, but my dad would do my bikes yeah. like, and get them ready for the next day. Yep. But when we would go to the track, I mean, yeah. I'm doing all my maintenance. So anyhow, like I'm jetting stuff. Like we're at Honda. We had that stupid Makuni carburetor. The thing would not run to save its life, right? <laughs> it's just like it was so temperamental. And that was another thing. I used to listen to your guys' bikes. I'm like, that is, that thing's like cheating, man. Yeah. So we're we're sitting over here. I could never get it jetted right. But um, today it's crazy. I was up at the farm. This is when I had the farm. And I, the guys were up there, some of the riders. And I'm like, okay, let me let me see a show of hands. Like, who can, who can tighten their chain? And I ain't naming names, but – Really? Like, wow. There was five guys yeah, yeah. in there. One guy raised his hand. He's like, I could do it, but I would want someone to double check. Double Holy check my work. Can you imagine yeah. that? Dude, imagine yeah. that. A tighten your chain. Yeah. that's. An, it almost feels like you made that story up. Jesus. Wow. Dude. Yeah. I, it's it's crazy. Right. That is nuts. A uh, couple more uh, questions, and then we'll let you go yeah. here on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast with Mickey Carmichael. Presented by uh, Renthal, Maxis, Cobolinks, and uh, the folks at motorsport.com. Um, yeah, that is, that is absolutely nutty. Do you, do you think you retired, looking back on it, did you retire too soon, too late, or exactly okay? Like, how are you, you sit here, uh, you know, 13 years or whatever after, after hanging it up, and you were winning every single outdoor when you, uh, of course, on a limited schedule. Uh, but. Yeah. Where are you at now with the with the way you hung it up? Totally content or the yeah, other way? I am I am totally content with uh, how I went out. Yep. And when I retired, um, I mean, I, hey, listen, dude, from a, from a money standpoint, and I've I've had this conversation with some, you know, my family and, and, right. and close friends. Is like, hey, would it have been nice to race a couple more years and and, and pad the wallet? Of yeah, course, it right. would have been, but but would that money have really made a difference in my life today? And I can sit here and tell you there ain't no way in heck it would have. There's yeah. no, no shot. So the misery and how <laughs> that I would have been put through, I, I knew that I was being forced into position, especially with Stu and what he was willing to do and what he was able to do on the track. And it's like, I just don't want, I don't want to have to do that. That's yeah. not fun to me. Right, you know what right, I mean? I right. just, I, I, I'm not enjoying myself. So I think I got out. Uh, at the right time, I think my only thing, uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword, so bear with me. So yeah. I think the only thing that I would maybe change is I probably should have raced uh, the 125, but now 250. Uh, I wish I would have raced the West Coast Championship in 99 and then raced part-time in 250 uh, on the opposite coast. Right. I just... I just I needed more experience in Supercross at winning uh, on the 125s, and then just dabble, just dabble in the in the two fit the Premier class mm -hmm. on the opposite coast. Uh, that is the only regret that I have. And sometimes, I, but I learned so much in '99 and 2000 of what not to do. And sometimes that's right. the best lesson. To the best best lesson to learn is what not to do. So, um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I was lucky, man, but times, but, but things are so much different now, you know, like guys are going deeper into their, into their age, uh, before they retire. Um, so well, you were 27? I, I no regrets. You were 27? Yeah, I was 27. Yeah. 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 Uh, I well, I mean, when the great Tim Ferry beat you in 97, you probably didn't want any piece of him. 
going forward. No, you know? I, I didn't. I was yeah. wishing, I was excited <laughs> that he went up. I was like, I was praying that <laughs> he wasn't going to race 125s in 98. Because, like, I mean, he had, nobody had the double single down better well, than he did. <laughs> you know? Hey, that's the thing, though, like, like, it's it's so it, I don't know how it is for you, but like when I, sometimes I'll take a step back. I'm like, dude, if you could jump the triple oh. on a one two five in <laughs> the day, oh. you're on the podium. You're you're done. Yeah, you're in. You're in. If you jumped it every lap, you were in. There's no. Hey, let yep. me ask you this, guy. Would you, would I would gear my motorcycle just to jump the triple? That's it. Yeah. Didn't care about how it handled anything as long as I could jump yeah. the triple. I'm good. Think about. Don't even care about suspension. But, Nothing. Don't care how it works coming out of corners. As long as I yeah. can shift from second to third quick enough. As long as dude, you could, yeah, as long as you could get up to third at the bottom, right? At the uh, coming yep. up to it, you were you were good to go. It's <laughs> it's nuts when you think back. And also the dirt, the the the, the dirt nowadays, yeah. they have it down where it doesn't rut up. I mean, you guys used to have to stop jumping triples halfway yeah. through the main event because it's just too rough. Yep. You know, everyone yep. is double singling, right? And Sometimes I miss, like, I love the racing. Like, I, I couldn't imagine those guys not being able to jump the triple these days. But mm-hmm. I feel like it has taken a little bit of that technical element oh, out of sure. it. Not to yep. say these guys, listen, these guys do gnarlier things on motorcycle than anyone will ever do. But I'm just like, I would love to see them be, have that technical aspect to it where it's a little right. bit ruddier. I watched some of 99 um, mm-hmm. on, on YouTube, and it's, it was a, my first year working for Red Dog, and he was top privateer. He got on a podium with a Nolene bike, yep. so it was a really – he really did well. But um, And it was just him and I in a box van, right, just jetting it and figuring everything out. And you, when you come back from your foot peg injury, you are so out of shape and loose, <laughs> loose. Like you're grabbing the lead. <laughs> And you're passing three or four guys, and then you're just making them. You're going off into the hay bales, and then you're getting back on, and you're blowing by guys again, like in a heat race. Like just, it, it was, dude. It was loose. You know the great thing about it, ninety. The only great thing about ninety nine was, is that every time that I crashed out early, I was able to beat the traffic to back to the hotel. So <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. that was yeah. that was the positive part was, about ninety nine Supercross. I a, certainly I beat the traffic yeah. home. Uh, and I learned what not to do. You must have been pretty frustrated, though, because you were, you know, you were basically, if you look at, like, you know, Stu or, or Barsha or any of these guys now, like, you were, it was, like, naturally going to be, you know, you weren't going to win a championship in 99, but many people figured you would win some races and be top five, and then it just mm-hmm. it just wasn't working, and, nah. Jer- and Jeremy was crushing it still you know so yeah, yeah he was yeah yeah no doubt he was a he was in a great spot but uh those those years really shaped me to be the champion that i was after uh before we let you go here i just got to apologize for 2003 motocross donations uh you rode your balls off on a two-stroke to pass everett's and timmy and i let you down and um you were really mad um you gave a great speech in like the park for may before the race and i remember thinking this is fucking cool Carmichael's giving us a speech. We're going to kick ass. And then nothing went right. And you were so mad. So no, dude, it's a, it's a team. It's a team. It's a team effort. Man. I know, but it's I was a, like, Oh fuck. We, we look, we look like losers right now. No, dude. Hey, I don't, I don't, I honestly, I think we did great in the grand, in the grand scheme of things. I think it, right. I mean, listen, you, you know, I, I, I had a good time at that race. That was, I tell, I tell people, to this day, Steve, that was one of the roughest track. You remember that yeah. front stretch oh, by the yeah. uh, by the by oh the by the garages, gosh. right? By the garages, yes. yeah, yeah. It was so 
rough there. But dude, don't you know have to dude, it, it is know, hey just, man. <laughs> I've let hey, don't don't even don't even go there. I appreciate that, but it's all good, my man. I uh we got second and then everyone at Honda was so like Kehoe and, and you and Goose were all I was like Fuck, they're really mad. I wonder if they're Dude, mad. I can't even, I'm like, honestly, hey, Timmy, are they mad I, at us? <laughs> I feel honestly, I feel bad. Like I, I don't even remember that. Dude. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. I, I, but I'm, hey, I'm. If I, if I offended, offended you, no, I'm sorry. you didn't say I was, anything. I, I just, we felt like we, you gave such a great speech about fucking kicking everybody's ass, and you literally yeah. caught Everett's on a 450 and passed them in one on in Belgium. Right, it was yeah. a, an amazing ride, and then. We're just the losers that let you down, and we felt no. Like that. It's all good, dude. You didn't let me. You know that. You know the thing about it. You guys did your best, and that's uh, I guess all that we matters. Did. I guess we did. Uh, thanks for doing this, man. I really appreciate yeah. it. Uh, a lot of fun to, to go back down memory lane with you and uh, and everything yeah. else. So, all right, um, man. Well, uh, I appreciate it. Thanks to all the viewers. Everybody have a uh, safe uh, safe off season. This uh, Supercross is right around the corner, my man. Sounds good, man. Thanks for doing this, Harcy. Yeah, man. Thanks. See you. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled fifth and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny Omar. 
stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Right.